right, it's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, as we record this on Thursday <laughs> night, uh, we were all set up to just go, all right, well, we'll have one segment uh, that's going to be the mailbag. We'll have another segment that'll be Cardinals offensive preview. Uh, and then, I don't know, we'll just we'll find something else to talk about, I guess. Maybe we'll update some injuries, something. <laughs> and then, of course, we got the uh, the jarring news that Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL in practice on Thursday. He is done for the year. Tyler Biotish pops up on the injury report, limited with a hamstring issue. Uh, a lot of the positive momentum building towards looks like Tyler Smith's going to play. Looks like Donovan Wilson's back. Uh, the the air just got let out of the balloon today with the Trayvon Diggs news specifically. Yeah. Can I circle back real quick on the Biotish thing? Yeah. Give me that jarring number that has to do with Smith, Smith, Biotish, Martin, and Steele all playing together. Yeah, let me... Uh, Out of how pull- many snaps and what's the other number? Yeah, let me pull that number up for you. So what it is is in the... When you take preseason games, playoff games, regular season games, whatever, uh, the Cowboys have played, and this was before the Jets game. So you add the Jets game on top of it, which is another 90 snaps or so. So the Cowboys have played about... 1,840 snaps, offensive snaps since drafting Tyler Smith. And the combination of Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele have not played one of those snaps together. That That is amazing to me. Simply amazing to me. And now that's in jeopardy. And now that's and that's and that's absolutely in jeopardy today. Now now, now, you're you're totally right. We we should lead off with Biotis first because that's the one we should knock out since there's a question there at least. Yeah, hamstring issue is what he popped up as. Uh, From what I have heard, it sounds like it's a a minor uh, hamstring strain. Is sort of the buzz that I was hearing. I, I don't think this is as bad as Tyler Smith's, which also was not that bad in the grand scheme of things. Does it keep him out on Sunday? I think that's it's it's too early for them to be able to tell that right now. Um, but if it were to keep him out this Sunday, it does not seem like they're anticipating it would keep him out longer than that. So this seems like a, a short-term thing. Uh, we'll have a better idea Friday, I guess, when this is airing. We'll have a better idea Friday afternoon about where this is headed. But Tyler Biotish could be in jeopardy, which I would guess would mean Brock Hoffman starting at center. You know, it's funny. They've... When, when they came back from camp, and I remember they've worked, they've worked Biotish, Hoffman, and TJ Bass. Bass was, has gotten work there. Bass has gotten some work at center. I believe, Not to say, I believe, Richard, I believe Richards has too. Okay. So it's funny because they, you know how the quarterbacks work separate from the rest of practice while we're watching? Like they yep. have that individual period for quarterbacks inside the the Ford Center there. Yep. And I'm like, and then 
so here's Biotish, Hoffman, and Bass jogging past me. And I'm like, they're working Bass at center. They're trying to work Bass at center. Now, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he's ready or anything like that. Or, But I know when training camp was shifted to the star, he was getting work at center. You know, but that's pre-snap. That's pre-practice. You know, I don't know if he's getting work on scout team or, you know, I I don't think he would be getting any work on uh, regular offensive snaps. I think that would be Hoffman who would be that guy. I would guess so, but I do know Tyler Smith referenced it the other day, referenced that TJ Bass has been working at center. I know they think that Awesome Richards can play all five positions, and I know – um, Mike Solari is very big on cross-training offensive linemen. Right. That's a, that, that's a big thing for him. Um, and so I, I would imagine he wants to have a couple guys ready to do a couple different things. Um, but I think this does lend itself to if Biotish is out in this game, I think you're looking at Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Brock Hoffman, Zach yeah. Martin, Terrence Steele, and, and you, you miss another opportunity to get that combination together. And this is where... Bobby, this could be a little bit of a problem for the Cowboys because we talked about in our previous podcast, and thanks to everybody that's taken us in every time we do this. We really appreciate you. The last time we talked, we watched Arizona defensive tape, and we were thinking this team plays a bear front at times. And when we meant yeah. a bear front, they cover the center and both guards. What's some of the things that we heard? I believe it was Jerry Jones with you guys on 105.3 The Fan, your morning show. He brought up the fact that Zach Martin – or excuse me, not Zach Martin – that um, that uh, the quarterback, Dak Prescott, was taking on less of a role. They were taking things off his plate. Yeah, he, he, he was doing uh, less with checks at the line of scrimmage, which is something that some of the chatter I heard last year was that Joe Philbin refused to let Tyler Smith or Connor McGovern make checks at the line of scrimmage. Right. So now if you put Hoffman in that situation, you put a nose tackle on him, and then you turn around and you then say, okay, you're going to check and you're going to snap and you're going to block. You know, that that to me is that's a daunting task for a young man. You know, and we, yeah. we've got, and and we've got to the point where you know Biotish has gotten pretty good at that. The first couple of weeks, I mean, they've done a pretty nice job. They haven't had looks like any problems or any major busts or anything like that. But you always you always throw this is the standard media line or when we do podcasts, you got to keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on yeah. it. Well, keep an eye on this if if Hoffman is the center in this game this week, especially with as much is Arizona covers the nose, you know, and him having to make snaps and do all those things to to try and get the play in motion. So I'm a, I hope that Biotish plays, but I'm also in a situation where <laughs> I thought that Tyler Smith was going to play two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it was a hamstring injury. And, and, you know, you're telling me, well, it's not as bad as what, you know, hamstring tightness is hamstring tightness is hamstring. You know, it's it's you don't know, and I and that's the that's the scary thing right now. That I used to feel like I had a, a handle on this these injuries when they happened, 
You know, when you yeah. told me it was a it was a high ankle sprain, I just thought death immediately. I just thought, well, we, this guy's <laughs> gone six to eight games. You know, and you know, guys come back, guys play through things, all those kinds of things. But anyway, I, 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 I will. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Friday brings. Uh, they don't practice on Friday, right? There's no, no practice. They do a walk. Yeah, it's like a it's like a soft walkthrough typically. And then really Saturday is a practice, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, okay. Well, that brings us to practice today, being Thursday, and we had some one on one stuff going on at practice today uh, on the uh, on the grass field there at the Star. Yep. And, and it was the grass for everybody who uh, they don't practice much oh. on that turf. They Everybody don't that, who has questions about the turf. It was uh, not a turf injury. Nope. That was a grass field that that that, that went down on. But uh yeah, you lose your all pro corner uh to uh to a, a knee injury. And uh I will say this. Uh, go ahead. You, I want to hear what you have to say about this whole thing. Well, I mean, this is obviously a big blow to the Cowboys. I don't think this is anything they can't weather, though. Um the personnel department has done a really good job setting them up to be able to continue to play high-level football on the defensive side of the ball with or without Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs obviously makes them better. This defense will not be as good as it could have been this year now because Trayvon Diggs is not out there, but it can still be the best defense in the NFL without him, I think. It just could have been better with him there. Um, But Deron Bland kicking outside, somebody who I know you guys talked about it on the G-Bag Nation, uh, and and I know Zach Wolchuk. I I thought Zach Wolchuk, and I, I texted him in the middle of the show, so I think you're being a little you 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 you're ringing the alarm a little too hard about Bland playing outside. I think they they feel pretty comfortable with him playing out there. They've just given him the responsibility of of nickel. That's important to them. Yeah, it's really um, important to so, them. So so him bouncing outside, uh, I, I don't have as, as many questions about that. The question obviously is going to be how ready is Jordan Lewis to contribute in year yeah. seven at 28 years old, coming off of a, a season-ending foot injury. That'll be the biggest question in terms of with the secondary. I I don't feel a need to go out and get a corner right now. Um, I, I think that they've got depth. I think that they can make this work. Um, but it's it's obviously not going to be as good as it could have been is my first thought. But ultimately, it doesn't shift my confidence at all. The one thing it may do is it, it, it changes the – if you were – closer to San Francisco or maybe you'd become equal to San Francisco or you were a little bit past San Francisco maybe maybe it changes a little bit of the it, it's a, a tiny margin that can maybe shift the power dynamic a little there in terms of how you stack up against a team like Kansas City or San Francisco but ultimately I think Dallas will weather this it is just awful news though because he looked like he was on the way to a fantastic season he was playing he was playing really well and uh you know the number of targets and the number of receptions were really, really low. The the way that he was able to create turnovers, the fumble at the, you know, the fumble in New York, the interception against the Jets. Uh, he was on his way uh, to having a really nice season. Uh, the tackling aspect looked like it had improved. Um, yeah, this is one of those unfortunate things. I'm going to ask you this question, Robert. I'm like interviewing guy today, usually the interviewing guy, but I'm going to interview you today. Okay. Do do you feel like if there is a position that they're equipped to potentially have a season-ending injury, was this the position? 
and to be able to cover the injury? Um, or do you, or there is another position safety. you safety? Safety. They, they, they've got plenty of safeties, um, but corner is one of the areas where they're they're deepest and. They're looking really smart right now for not just sacrificing their depth and saying, let's save us some money and move on from Jordan Lewis. Well, they and also so, they could have also put Jordan Lewis on PUP or just kept him on that, and we wouldn't have seen him until after uh, the New England game, right? That's a yeah. four-week injury. You know, Credit to Britt Brown and to Jordan Lewis and those guys for you know fighting through it and getting ready to the point where he didn't have to go on PUP. Think about the lack of of depth right now if you know they had to wait two more weeks on Jordan Lewis coming back yeah no they would be in a a spot that would be really difficult for them now the the question I wonder is who sees an increase in snaps here at corner I mean is this Igbenogany obviously it'll be Lewis but who becomes the rotational guy as the as the number four in Iggy, I think Iggy Iggy it's Igbenogany yeah but see Igbenogany's not a, a slot guy they feel like he's outside only yeah, but to me, I'm. I figured out there's a couple of ways. Like I say, I don't think Jordan Lewis is an outside guy at all. I think I think he was once upon a time. I once think upon a time, I, not today. Not today. But 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 th- four years ago, he could hold his own outside. I'm, yeah, it, no, no question, he could. But I think today yeah. he's more of an inside player. Different time. Yep. So I think Iggy. How about Izzy McQuamu? You know, Israel Mukwamu, where where do you see him in the in the grand scheme of things? I don't think I think Eric Scott is an inactive every week right now. Probably. He's still a raw player. I think they I like just, him. I, I, I know I they, they like believe, him, but I, I don't yeah, I think I, I think they believe he can he can contribute down the road. I don't think it's right now. I think Igbenogany would get a run first, and then I think yeah. it'd probably be Mukwamu. Which honestly, there's so much traffic at safety right now. Mukwamu could stand to get some work at corner. Yeah. And I think he's been better there, honestly, most of the time. Now, he didn't take the step in training camp that I think we felt like he, he should have. I really I, thought that was going to be something I, different, too. I, I keep trying to put the context in my head that he was banged up. He got hurt mm. second day of camp or whatever it was, and I'm hoping that's what it had to do with. But, you know, this will be something to to watch in terms of how they decide to use Mukwamu, um, how Igbenogany gets used, how often he's in there in that lineup. Um, he was somebody who Igbenogany, a lot of people felt like had his best training camp of his career this year uh, for uh, for the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. do you at all at this point regret uh, before we just transition over and, and take a look? I at need to see you know, him play of, more. Do, I need do, to see you're you going to ask me about Kelvin Joseph. I know do you you're regret gonna... walking away from Kelvin Joseph at all. I love you I know don't, what I don't. I was I'm so I, I'll be honest. And this is I, 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 I this may sound I, I, I'm sorry if this makes me sound a certain way. I, I, I was I was happy that he he's gone. I, I didn't like I, I didn't like covering the player. I, I didn't like walking into that locker room and and covering a player who was I, I just didn't. Okay. And 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 it doesn't take much to to figure out. But I, I'm not regretting it at all at this point. Yeah, you need to get off your high horse. By the way, over there. <laughs> Is yeah. that it? <laughs> yeah, get off your high horse. Uh, yeah, Mister Judge and Jury Man. Uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to say this though, and I, okay, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to give you a couple of names. Talk to Gang of Seven if you're new to the program. My Gang of Seven are the guys and gals around the league that watch tape every day 
uh, that the, the pro directors, general managers, those types of folks. Names they were given me if you want to go get a veteran guy or two. William Jackson. Now, he was with, he's got a little bit of a back issue, but if he's yep. healthy, he's the best fit for the way Dallas plays. This is what a couple of my guys said. He's best as a press man, man cover guy, is what they say. Bradley Roby was another name that was mentioned. Casey Hayward was another name that was mentioned. If you want to go poach somebody off another guy's team or another team, I shouldn't say another guy, but if you want to poach somebody off a, a team, Sidney Jones was a name that was mentioned. A.J. Green was a name that was mentioned. And Darren Hall. And my guys are saying, listen, don't love really any of them, but they all have experience and they all have inside and outside versatility. So names, William Jackson, Bradley Roby, Casey Hayward, those guys are on the street. Practice squad guys, Sidney Jones, A.J. Green, and Darren Hall. So if you're so inclined to go and look these guys up, that's who my gang of seven cats are talking about right now who are on practice squads and emergency boards. Yeah, and, and, and obviously emergency is a great word for it, emergency boards because they, they're in a position right now where anybody they go and, and acquire uh, is going to have warts. So so anybody who goes and looks at them goes, oh, well, William Jackson has a back issue or, yeah. oh, Casey Hayward's always hurt. Those are the guys you're going to have to pick from in week three. Yeah, uh, Those are the guys that are going to be out there on the field. But definitely something to watch. I'll be interested. I, I have a lot of confidence in Deron Bland. I do too. No, no, I do too. I, I have I have confidence in Bland. I have I have uh, you know confidence in Lewis uh, from the work I've seen. I have confidence in Dan Quinn. I have confidence in Al Harris. I have confidence in Joe, Joe Witt. Witt. Yeah, I have confidence in all those guys. What have they done through the first two games, or what have they done the three years since they've been here? They take everybody that dresses and they give them a role to play. And yeah. usually the role is it's tailored to their to their scheme or to the ability of the player that they're putting in the game. They're not asking dudes to do stuff they can't do, you know. Yeah. They're not. They're just not. So have faith in Dan Quinn. Have faith in the push. Yeah, is it a terrible injury to lose Diggs? Yeah, it's a kick in the junk. But I'm just saying this though. I have a feeling, though, that they'll, they will they will find a way to weather the storm here, like you said. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, it is uh, now time to dive into this Arizona Cardinals offense. Uh, it was a – we did the defense yesterday. I know, I know we were chit-chatting a little bit, trying to preview the offense some. Uh, my, my first question for you as we dive into this uh, Cardinals team, or, or my first thought, and you can react to it. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm over in – Josh Dobbs is not bad. I, I, you know what, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up people's butts right now. No, I. I but, but, but 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 what you just said, it it's it's actually it's true, and and I'll say this in a way. 
they were talking about having Colt McCoy as the backup quarterback here, you know, or be the starter at Arizona. Yeah. They made a trade for Josh Dobbs. I am okay with the way that Josh Dobbs is playing right now. I mean, made, I you, know you, this. I, I, I Seriously, I am not blowing smoke. Yeah. This team is not tanking. Everybody thought, oh, they're tanking. They're Okay, Dallas is clearly better than the Arizona Cardinals. They, they just are. Yeah. But if you if you look at what has happened to Arizona in these first couple of games, they don't know how to finish. They don't know how to finish the game. That's a big problem for them right now. And maybe maybe that's what Josh Dobbs is. He's a guy that's kind of gets you there, gets you there, gets you there. And then at the end, he spits the bit. But I I mean that was a historic collapse. You know I think the Giants that was the biggest deficit that they'd ever come back from. 21 points, I think, yep. is what it was. And that happened since 1934. And the Giants have been around since 1925. I mean, yeah. this is a long time ago. It was a historic collapse. The Cardinals don't know how to finish. But no. Josh Dobbs is Josh Dobbs is not a liability. If you kind of thought that Josh Dobbs was going to go out there and fumble fart around and Turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, he'll throw you the ball. And you, and one of the things that Dallas's defense has to be ready for is when he throws you the ball, you catch it. And that's the one thing the Cowboys can do. They can find ways to turn you over. Josh Dobbs will throw you the ball occasionally. But, I mean, you're watching the Giants game. The command, they, they, they're not finishing. They're not intercepting the ball. So you have to take advantage of that when you, when you get a chance to, to, uh, to play against Josh Dobbs. Yeah, and look, here's the thing about Dobbs. You watch the game against the Giants, Commanders and Giants. I thought he was solid. Yeah, Giants game specifically. He was better against the Giants than he was. He he was the, the Commanders, there's, and the Commanders are a better for, defense. Commanders are a much better defense yeah. than the Giants. And we might have we might have oversold the Giants a little bit of how they're playing. I don't know what the score is right now in their game. Three three. It's okay. three three right now. Crazy. Forty Niners and Giants as we're there. You go playing down to the level of somebody you should probably beat. You know, but but okay. here's here's the interesting thing watching Dobbs against the Giants. There were three or four throws in the first half of that game where it's like that it's not just, oh, that was nice. Like they're really good throws. Yeah. yeah. He hit he hit one to the sideline, dropped it over the safety. He had another where he was rolling out to his right and threw right. a strike to a guy like outside the reach of the safety. He makes some good throws and he'll threaten you with his legs. Now everything is twenty yards and in. That's everything is gonna be short, but this is a guy who He's not half field reads either. This is a guy working the entire side, the entire width of the field. He's taken advantage of. I believe right. he has twenty-one attempts to the left third of the field, twenty to the middle third, and twenty to the right third. He's yeah. completely distributing the ball all over. So he's somebody who he's going to play the whole field. He's not going to necessarily challenge you really deep. Um, I, I think he's got three passes over twenty air yards on the season. Yeah, but he'll he'll work comfortably if the the biggest threat to the Cowboys and I I don't think it's the Cowboys I know some people feel like we've oversold some opponents I, sure. I don't mean to do that we're just trying to give you an awareness of what could happen I still think the Cowboys win this game comfortably they covered the spread they win by a lot I think but if we're talking about the Cowboys struggling on Monday if we're coming out of this and saying hey the Cowboys had trouble putting them away I think yeah. one of the things we'll be talking about is Dobbs and the read option, and we'll yep. be talking about Dobbs effectively working in the ten to twenty yard range, finding some spots. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. The thing about Dobbs to me 
And, you know, at least Dan Quinn has a game plan against him that he's used. And it was in Tennessee towards the end of the year last year. You know, Dobbs made the start uh, week 16 and week 17. You know, when the, they were tr- Tennessee was trying to get into the playoffs, they had to go win at Jacksonville and they couldn't get it done. But the thing about Dobbs, and I, these are just some of the notes, Bobby, that I had. I thought he could be a little hit and miss in the way he plays. The ball, like you said, comes off his hand really well. And he can make all the throws. There's no question about that. Where he'll struggle is I think there's two areas. I think he'll at times he will stare at his intended receiver or the target. Yep. And when he doesn't set his feet, he's not as accurate. There'll be times where he's trying to throw a screen or he's trying to throw and he's kind of jumping up in the air and he's throwing and all and it the ball's just not as accurate as when he could drop back and set. Now, there's they're in the shotgun sixty four percent of the time, underneath center thirty six percent of the time. You know, personnel groups, to me, their 12-personnel group is better than their 11-personnel group. But they don't get in that 12-personnel group a whole bunch. Like, if you look at the metrics, it's only around 19% of the time. You know, the other, like, the 62% of the time, they're in 11 personnel. So, but they're, you know, one, they're averaging seven yards of play. The other, they're averaging about four and a half. So, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the way that the Cowboys play. And we said this a little bit about the uh, the Jets last week. You know, they're getting 12 personnel, trying to space you out, helping blocking on all those things. You know, I, I, I feel like that their 12 personnel stuff is better. When you watch how the offense operates, especially the running. Yeah, yeah. See, the thing, and, and, and Bobby, this is a big concern for me about, you mentioned this about McBride and Ertz. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but the way that they run their scheme, okay, the running plays are pin and pulls, where you block down and you pull guys and all that. There's a lot of movement with this offense, a lot of motion, a lot of this, a lot of that. They try and mess with your eyes a bunch. The thing I saw from Trey McBride, and, and I think he's a little bit of a kind of a dirtbag player, and I mean that in respect. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean that as a – he's a but, but he's an echo-of-the-whistle kind of guy. Blue collar. Yeah. But the thing that worries me is, and I saw this a couple of times and it bothered me. They run a ball going to right. He's the right tight end and they run it to the right. But to clean up the backside, they bring him across the formation as the ball's going, right? So all of a sudden, ball running away, you have Micah Parsons on that backside running. That's him. Running. McBride cuts those guys every single time. Yep. And you could cut in the tackle box area. And I worry that a little bit about Micah Parsons, that Micah has such an intensity of getting to the football that all of a sudden he's screaming down the line. And then also, and here's Trey McBride, just no sense of really honor, but just cuts Micah Parsons or dives into his legs, you know, right there. You know, and and you're kind of thinking, and I hope that doesn't happen. But every time they ran the ball and they brought a guy back to block, it was McBride, and he was cutting a guy. Yeah. So I hope Micah Parsons, Dan Quinn, I, I think they probably see this, but be careful, Mike, in this game with that. You know, if you all of a sudden you're on the open side or the where there's no tight end, and you come screaming from the backside to try and chase the ball down, be alert of a guy coming across and trying to cut you because I think they're going to have to do things in this game. Uh, to slow Micah Parsons down. 
whether it's cut him, uh, almost like, and I said this when I was on Cowboys break today, you know, they asked, how do you, how do you slow Micah Parsons out? We saw Philadelphia do it with the read option stuff, which yep. actually Arizona's not bad at. Some of their better plays yeah. come off the read option stuff that they do. No, and Dobbs, Dobbs does a great job he does. selling the fake. He does, he does a great job selling he when does. he's got it or he's, he, he there's yeah. several times the defense is just, they don't even know who has the ball. So, with all that being said, I could see the way that they handled Micah Parsons is a like we like the Cowboys when Terrence Steele made his first start against the Los Angeles Chargers. And remember he was playing against Joey Bosa, right? Yeah. And yep. so Bosa, what did they do? It wasn't Terrence Steele one on one the whole time. It was it was Steele, it was motion, block. Motion double crack, you know. There was, yeah. I think Parsons is going to see the same thing, and that's what the Arizona Cardinals are actually pretty good at. When I say pin and pull, I'm talking about down block, down block, pull a guy to the edge, you know, kind of get everybody kind of muddled up in there. They don't want to take you. I think the weakness of their line is inside at the two guards. The center's a good player, the center's a good player. The two tackles are good players. But the the guards are a little bit, you know, and that's and that's Will Hernandez and Elijah Wilkerson. And so I kind of feel like though, if the Cowboys can take advantage of those inside of those guards, that's where they're really gonna they're, I think they're gonna make some hay. The, yeah, but the, could, the tackle spots are those those guys, those young guys are actually pretty good out there. Yeah, Paris Johnson's not been bad, uh, no. and and you know DJ Humphreys is is a decent tackle as well. And look, I think these tackles pass protect better than the Jets do. No question, I, I think, no I, question. I think, I think they're more stable there. I do think there's an ability to take advantage. That's one of the things I had in my notes here was that uh, you know I said they don't have world beaters on the offensive line, better in pass protection than the Jets, especially at the tackles. The interior yeah. is where you could see more movement from the Cowboys. That there's right. some, there, there's an ability to. To, to penetrate, I think, a little bit there. So maybe you get some twists and stunts. You play some yeah. different things. Well, see, this is where Will Hernandez and Wilkerson are. They're grabbers. They're like tacklers. It, I'm interested to see who the um, uh, the referee, the official is for this game because I want to see where offensive holding is on their list of priorities of how they call it. Because to me, the way that Osa and these guys are playing – uh, you know, getting up the field that Hernandez, Wilkerson, we could draw some holding calls here. You know, we yeah. being the Cowboys can draw some holding calls with the way that they get into these guys' bodies, you know, and, and make some things happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and look, this is a very penalized team. It is number one in the NFL in penalty yards, and that's across the board, offensive and defensive. They've been flagged for 11 different types of penalties this year. That's the most in the NFL. So this is definitely – a group that will draw the laundry on you. You mentioned the, the tight ends earlier. I will point out um, Zach Ertz has 18 targets this year. That's yeah. Nine a game, just like any generally inexperienced quarterback, they find comfort in the tight end dump off. Well, yeah. That that's to be expected. Zach Ertz six and a half yards per reception this year. So it's, See, it's not this, a lot of pushing it down. No, no. And this is, this is where, this is very reminiscent of the older Jason Witten at the end that yeah, I Raiders that I saw. Jason Witten. Yeah, this is the Witten that I saw where with Ertz, he's not as quick, he's not as elusive as he once was, but he still will make receptions. 
and still work. And still, yeah, he's he's savvy. He has a feel for route running. Like he'll push off, he'll lean, he'll move. You know, he'll move somebody off. You know, the way his body. But you throw him the ball wide where he has to extend or lay out or something like that. He just can't bend like he once did. You yeah. know, so it's very reminiscent of what Jason Witten was. Uh, you know, not way back in the day, but towards the latter part of his career. Yeah, absolutely. The the you know comeback Jason Witten. Yeah. Uh, yeah that that's why. Now, did, did you like their receivers that much? No. See, I like I, 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 like, I like I like Rondell Moore. I think I think. Moore see, is that's the, yeah, yeah, Rondell Moore. I think Marquise Brown is kind of the highlighter of the group because of the explosiveness and stuff and the, the route running. I think that aids him in that. Rondell Moore's the guy that worries me a little bit, and here's the Rondell old... Moore's the best. Rondell Moore's the best. None of them, none of them. I'll say this: I am. I was more worried about Darren Waller with the Giants, and right. and and I was more worried about Garrett Wilson with the Jets than any of the pass catchers from the Cardinals. Yeah, I I, I will say this about Rondell Moore. The Cardinals want to get him involved in the passing game or in the game yep. plan, put it that way, because they line him up all over the formation. He's out wide. He's in the slot. He's in the backfield. He's always on the move. It's big, that orbit motion. You know, you start across orbit all the way back yep. around. You have to be ready for him running the wheel route out of the backfield. You have to be ready for the screen that he's going to get. You know, he's a little guy. He's a little guy. He's explosive. If you know anything about his history out of Purdue, he single-handedly took down the Ohio State Buckeyes in the game one time. Or just five, with, seven, five yeah. seven with a 42-and-a-half-inch vertical. It, 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 just a nice little player. But he, Dan Quinn has got to know where he is on the field because yep. he's going to do a lot of different things, a lot of different movement, and you know you can't let him – uh, you just can't let him have space and get in the open field. He gets the ball, get bodies to him, get him on the ground. Yeah, and and last little aspect of the Cardinals offense here that we haven't talked about yet, and it's probably the the most dangerous element, at least for what the Cowboys are going to be defending on Sunday, and that's we all remember Joseph Randall, meat on the mm-hmm, bone. Mm-hmm. That, that was his line. Uh, this running back for the Cardinals, James yeah. Conner, he doesn't leave meat on the bone. No, that guy, that yeah. guy gets every single bit of available yardage. He is a bowling ball. He looks giant back there. Yeah. And yet he's got nimble feet. He's got good vision. It'll, it'll surprise you a little bit just how, like, you know, nifty he moves for a guy his size. That's somebody that if he's able to get ahead of steam, if the Cowboys have trouble bringing him down, to me, they've there can't be missed tackles with James no. Conner. They need, to, they need no. to get him to the ground, first no. tackle. And that that is the biggest threat, I think, is the read option, Connor gashing you. Dobbs able to then comfortably pick apart some stuff in the 10 to 20 yard range. That's the way the Cardinals challenge the Cowboys. In this game. No, I think you're absolutely right. There, there are some complete back traits to Connor. When you watch him, he catches the ball on screens. He'll run in the flat. He'll catch the ball. Tough. And he, he's tough. He's not afraid. He like when he, when defenders uh, like, and they come rushing, he's in pass protection. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there. He'll stick a shoulder. He'll chip you. There's just, I mean, the, the one thing you see about him running the ball, he'll run it inside, but he'll bounce it outside, though, too. Like, nothing, he'll kind of probe and nothing's in there, and then boom, yep. ball's on the outside. Giants did a poor job of tackling him. 
Commanders did a much better job of getting bodies to the line of scrimmage and not allowing him to get that head of steam going you were talking about. Yeah, you, if you get the if he gets the head of steam going, that's when the Cowboys might have some trouble with this. Prediction time for this game, Brian. I uh, I, I like I said, there are ways that the Cardinals, uh, you know, and in any given Sunday league, the way the Cardinals win this game for me on both sides of the ball is offensively James Conner punishes the run defense yeah. Dobbs works in that space on defense Cardinals disrupt the timing of the routes with press coverage linebackers disguise are able to drop into coverage make things difficult on Dak post snap defensive line is able to get some pressure from the edge rushers that that's the way the Cardinals can make this game close what I think actually happens is Dallas takes advantage of a bad secondary they stress yeah. the communication issues between the corners and the safeties you get some busted coverages there on defense, Cowboys take away some of Dobbs' security throws, make him beat him downfield. They contain the edges, take advantage of that leaky interior offensive line. Four stops backwards. Don't let him get outside. Don't let him roll out. If he rolls out, that's when he can cause some problems for you as well. Just force him back. Make him keep backpedaling and then bring Connor down the first time. I think that's more of what happens in this game. I got Cowboys in a blowout in this one, Brian. Uh, Dallas 38-14. Wow, you went heavy. I did. 38-14? This is a bad Cardinals team. They fight, but, man, this is I think this is a bad matchup for the Cardinals. I think there's a lot of things going on that I worry about. This team's the third best in the league when it comes to sacking the passer. If there's mm -hmm. no Biotish in this game, that could be a factor, as we talked about early. Um, I've got this actually much closer, but I've got it 28-20 Cowboys is what I've got. I – I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Arizona traditionally has been a house of horrors for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott won there in 2017. But prior to that, whether it was that uh, – was it State Farm Stadium? What do they call it now? I don't even know what they call it anymore. I don't even know what it's called but, anymore. But it's uh, the place in Glendale is where they call it. But there's, there's where they've played, that place has been tough. Uh, it didn't matter. Sundell, Sun Devil Stadium was tough. For on the Cowboys, I just don't ever think it's easy playing these guys. I just don't. I don't think they're a team that's quit, or I don't think they're tanking. I think there is some fight. I don't think they know how to finish. I think they might make one or two plays on you, and especially if the running game gets going or they throw a screen pass or something to kind of get some things going. But yeah. I, I think it's going to be a, you know, a game where Dallas is going to have to fight, and they might hold the lead the whole game, but. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. Like I said, I hope you're right, uh, but I'm saying Dallas again, 28 to 20. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, and it is a lot of sad questions relating <laughs> to uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Don't most part. Don't be sad, part. folks. Don't be uh, sad. But, that, but that's okay. We'll, we'll answer a couple of these before we get out of here. Uh, first one here from Robert, and this is something that Ben DiNucci actually tweeted about and then deleted. Yeah. Uh, but why, Robert's asking Why are we running one-on-one? On, one on why one? are we doing one-on-one -on -one at practice during the yeah. season? I understand training camp, but shouldn't we be focusing on game plans rather than battling each other one-on-one -on -one in highly competitive situations where injury risk is increased? Mike McCarthy uh, does a, a pregame interview with Brad Sham every week before a Cowboy game, and we get the opportunity to play it on 105.3 The Fan. 
Mike McCarthy, Brad Cham asked him a question about practice. Mike McCarthy said it was one of the best practices that they've had in a long time, especially like the Wednesday practice. Yep. Brad goes, well, can you explain why you like the Wednesday practice so much? He says, because we get to play football. We get in full pads and we play football. That's why. It's coaches. Coaches have – coaches are not scared of practice. They're not – now, there's things Mike McCarthy doesn't want to expose his team to, but when it comes to practice – Coaches are not afraid of practice. No. But, you know, and they'll go out there and they'll compete and they'll have competitive periods. And, you know, that's how they feel like that they get their team tougher. And it is something that, you know, it's it's surprising to me that you have that one-on-one stuff. But there's a reason why <laughs> we saw more. It's we didn't, There wasn't always a lot of times we saw the one-on-one at training camp. But they go out there. Yeah, and do, he did, I, I don't think McCarthy likes to expose his guys to that in front of not, him. Not, 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 not at that. No, he absolutely yeah. does not. But without the glare of the cameras and the media eyes watching, he's going to do some one-on-one. Football coaches practice. That's what they do. And I don't think you know. Unfortunately for Mike McCarthy, they lost a, a really a, a, a great player in practice. In preseason game, they lost a young rookie kid that showed a lot of promise that probably could have helped them on defense. But that's just what coaches do. And, you know, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not surprised like that Ben DiNucci tweeted that out there. But also, you know, Ben DiNucci also, any, any, is he still with, uh, is he with Denver on their practice squad? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he was. I, I don't know. I, he, I think he's still selling hats, though. Okay. I, I know, well, I, I just, I just, know, I thought maybe he was on their practice squad. And I was kind of wondering why somebody from another team would even comment about that, and that's maybe I why think he deleted. He is, which is probably yeah, which is probably why he deleted. I'm guessing yeah, Sean Payton I, may have said. I, made, I believe uh, so. Yeah. Don't keep be your mouth yeah. shut. Yeah. Uh, he is. He is with the Broncos. So yeah. there you go. There you go. Uh, next question here from Jose: How many wins is losing Diggs going to cost Dallas? Is the season over? I think you and I both agree season is not over. No. Huh. Uh, uh-huh. Does it cost them a game maybe along the way? Maybe. Maybe we look back and say, man, if you had digs on that game, it's different. He, you know, the, it, it makes a little bit of a difference. But overall, I think. I have a lot of faith in Bland. I'm sorry. I just I do. do. Too. I do, too. The biggest question. Bland will tackle. Yeah. Bland. Lewis is the biggest question. Yeah. I mean, to me, and Lewis is comfortable playing in the slot. But and I, Bland, and I love, Bland will I, I, battle. He'll, he can, he turns he turns you over. He's tough. He'll tackle. I mean. I'll I, say this Go ahead. about Lewis mentally one of the toughest players on the defensive no side. No question. That, so, See, so look, look, if, if he's my question is more, what is he still physically capable of doing? I have zero questions about yeah. the football IQ, the toughness, the, the, the mental toughness that Jordan Lewis has all that checks the boxes. It's just physically. What is he still able to do? You lose Micah Parsons, then come back to me and talk. Yes. Then, yeah. then, then, then we can talk on that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, last one for you here, Brian. Uh, this one from Brent. What do we do now? And this specific one, because I got this question asked a lot. Man, folks do are sign, why, do, why are folks on the ledge about this? Uh, because it's sad, man. We all. It love is Diggs. sad. It, we all. I mean, you're right, Diggs. But you know, that's the whole thing. The you know you you look at situations where uh, you know this happens. It's unfortunate it happened in a practice, but, you know, it happens. And you just, you know, you can't put your head in the sand. 
You got you got to find a way to fight through it. They it, if you if you had lost Diggs, say you were the Giants and you had signed Diggs, and you're now you're having to play with two rookie corners. Yeah. We saw how that works. You know, maybe those rookie corners by week ten will be a lot better. Like Bland played throughout, but but folks, I mean, you you just got to push through. You know, you got to send positive energy to Bland and to Lewis. And you got to trust that Dan Quinn and Al Harris and Joe Witt and these guys will figure things out. They, I, I, I trust these guys. They'll scheme around it. You know, there'll be things that, you know, Diggs is a really good football player. But if you lost, you know, you, you survived last year playing five games without your starting quarterback and you were four and one. You won yeah. 12 games. You won twelve. Yeah, if you wanted to say doom and gloom after week one, I would have. I would have said, "Hey, good. Yeah, good reason there. You know, you're you're playing with Cooper Rush. Good luck there. Yeah, that's, but you're that, you're five and one. You were four and one. And you, and if if Cooper Rush doesn't turn the ball over in the Philadelphia game, you might win that. You might. He might yeah. have been five and zero. Oh, but see, that's as a as a these personnel guys. Yeah, it sucks. You know, in the front office, yeah, it sucks. And it sucks for Diggs because he was going to see Beyonce tonight. And now he can't go. <laughs> well, here's and here's here's the question that's being asked by a lot of people. Anthony Brown. He was just released no. by the 49ers. Jane, your 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 colleague and our colleague Jane Slater, she read her tweet. She but, they but said, would you be interested? Would you be interested, Brian Broaddus? I don't think so. I, the I'm, fact that he's been released by the Steelers and the 49ers. Yeah, something. and okay, what's the deal was? Was he on the 40, uh, the Steelers practice squad? Yeah he, yeah, he got signed by the Steelers, was released two weeks later. He signed with the 49ers. He was released two days later. Okay, so he was signed. Was he? Did they poach him from the Steelers practice squad? No, Steelers released him. Okay, so he was free. I thought he got poached, and I was thinking, well, how the hell does he get – how does he held it? You know, usually you have to, if you get poached, you have to stay three weeks. And I was thinking, whoa, wait a minute. I thought he got poached. And so nope, you're telling me. twice. Okay. Says I, he's cooked, probably. I'm not, not going there. Nah, I'm not going there. Um, I, th- I think he's 30 years old and he's coming off an Achilles. That's, that's tough. I trust Jane Slater and what she said. She asked the question. It was no. Now, maybe you put him on the practice squad, but I don't, I, you know, I don't know about. They're going to see what. Do, what they, do you think Brandon Carr's up to? You think Brandon Carr might want to come get a few snaps? Yeah, why don't you go get him? Anthony Henry? Maybe, uh, maybe think <laughs> hey, about Anthony. Anthony Henry how about, is a good corner here. <laughs> how about how about uh, uh, Mo Claiborne? Oh yeah, how uh, yeah we we can do this game all day. We can uh, do a pat. Felipe we can Sparks. do a, yeah, Felipe Sparks. We could do uh, you know just think anybody you want to think of Ray you know? Horton. Let him Ray. play some safety corner. He can yeah. do everything for us here. I, I like it. Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, look, hey, hey, look. Once once you move Mukwamu to corner, yeah. then you'll have a, a safety spot open up. You can go call Scott Case. Let him uh, let him come in and and hit some people. That yeah. I, I I like it. I don't hate it. Uh, that does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. Uh, everybody cheer up. I know it's it's a bummer, but it's still a really, really good Dallas Cowboys football team and a really good Cowboys defense. Uh, we will be back with you guys again early next week to recap the Cardinals game. Look ahead to the return of Ezekiel Elliott to AT&T Stadium with the New England Patriots. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time.